Welcome to another episode of Birdie and the Cowboy Sports Talk. In this week's episode, myself and Bird Dog himself will go over some of the, the recent South Carolina high school football news and some college ball news as well. Without further ado, let's jump into the action with some live scores. For college ball. For, yeah, for some college ball. Well, LSU just put up, they scored their first touchdown against Alabama. It's the first sure. touchdown they've had in a long time at home. It's now a 21-7 ball game. What you thinking about this game so far, Birdie? Bama will pull away in the end. LSU, man, they just don't have a quarterback. They don't have any quarterback play. Edo's not a legit coach. Been saying that all season. LSU's going to get routed. What else can we say? 52-17. Yeah, I think this game's going to be huge for Alabama. They're, they're coming out for vengeance. They scored 21 in the first quarter. They might come out and beat this team 62-14 before it's all said and done. But uh, next up, we'll go to another game that's surprising right now. We got Clemson at Clemson at Virginia Tech. It's halftime. Clemson's up 17-10. And uh, let me give you a little box score update. Uh, we got Trevor Lawrence throwing the ball 12 times, completed seven of them for 99 yards. He's under 100 yards at halftime. That's crucial. Virginia Tech has played a great defensive game. Mm-hmm. Travis Etienne's averaging 5.3 yards a carry. He's only got 53 yards. That's big time. No touchdowns as well. Yeah, that, that's big. He's got a long of 15. The key to beating Clemson is shutting down this long run which opens up the play action or the deep throws for Trevor Lawrence. And Virginia Tech's doing that so far. But also, Virginia Tech's had a great game from their quarterback, Burmeister. He's 9 for 10 for 126 yards today. And then Hayden Hooker, the backup, is 1 for 1 for 7 yards. So we got a good ball game brewing there. What's your thoughts on that game? Virginia Tech's got a good defense. They've, they've always had a pretty solid defense, and I just don't. I guess Clemson's just shaky right now. Clemson will pull this one out, but it'll be closer than I think, and that could shake up the top four rankings for this week if Clemson barely wins against Virginia Tech, of course. All right, next up we got number 23, Oregon, playing at Cal. Right now, Cal's down three points in the third quarter. This is a big-time game. Oregon has not looked all that good this year. Mm-mm. If Cal beats them, gets their first one of the season, Oregon's got to drop. I'm tired of seeing all these people say it's a shaky game, they'll, they'll be all right. I think if they lose, they got to drop way down. Didn't they just lose to Oregon State? Yeah. So, you know, what can, what else can you say about this, this team right here? You can't here? say nothing much about Oregon. They're just a shaky team. They lost a lot last year. Maybe give them two more years. They'll be a back to a top 15 caliber team, but just not oh, this season. I agree. Season. They have some young defensive pieces. That they do nice. as well. Next up, let's talk about some games from earlier. And we had a few big upsets. I know you're high on your Chanticleers, and they get the 22-17. Yes, sir. Over the Cougars. Yes, sir. Zach Wilson's last throw gets shut down. Inside the five by Chanticleer's defense, who has been stingy all season. What's mm-hmm. your thoughts, Bertie? I'm just really proud of this Chanticleer's team. It represents the whole state of South Carolina very well. Huge win. They were behind all game. They never had the lead, I don't think. They fought back. Good win by the Chanticleer's over the BYU Cougars. So, I know you're high on BYU. You said they were a top ten team. So does that mean Coastal's a top ten team now? They well, just beat the your top ten team well, in BYU. Bernie, I don't know if you remember a few episodes back. I said the Chanticleers are legit. End of the season, they are a top ten team. I said that. You, you did remember. say it, but you also said that BYU was going to be at the end of the season. You said they're going to be number one power five. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And now Chanticleers have jumped Sensi. I have the Chanticleers as my number one power five team. This team's just loaded. They're just dominant on both sides of the ball. It's hard to slow down the offense and it chews clock. The defense, the, the defense for the Chanticleers is unreal. So the mullets, they're rolling this year. The mullets are rolling. Fear the mullets. Yes, sir. Next up, we had another great ball game. 
It was Texas Tech, Kansas, 16-13. Kansas almost comes away with their first win of the season. What do you think about it, Brady? Well, a heartbreak hotel for Kansas, but, I mean, that's not really – we expected it to be a somewhat close game. Two bottom feeders in the Big 12, but, I mean, what else can you say? Great game for Texas Tech to pull out the, the win in the end of the game. Well, next up we have a game that actually hurts the Chanticleer's resume. Rice beats Marshall 20 to nothing. 20 to nothing. Huge upset win. I think Rice gains its – was that their first win of the season? Second one of the season. Second one of the season over a top 25 team. Marshall got shut down. Marshall was favored by 24 points. Rice comes into town, pitches a shutout, gets a win 20 to 0. That's big time. Next up we have Texas A&M versus Auburn. Texas A&M covered with an 11-point win. They just haven't looked that impressive to me. I think you have to drop them to about seven. And, uh, oh, Brady got a score update. Alabama just put another one on, 28-7. 28-7. Yep. Tied rolling. But this year, Texas A&M, they, gotta, they, have to, they haven't impressed me ever since the win over Florida. I mean, Mon has two straight down games. I mean, he was very efficient in this game. He was eight, 18 for 23 for 196 yards and two touchdowns. Only got sacked once. Carried the ball for a touchdown and 60 yards. Very efficient, but he just hasn't wowed me. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen a wow game. Like, Kyle Trask is wowing. He's not always the most efficient, but he has wow games where he's like, he looks like the best QB. Other games, he looks a little shaky. Speaking of that game, they played Tennessee today. Shaky game for Florida at first, but they came out with the win yep. in the end of the game. They get a 12-point win. It's big time for them. And uh, some decent momentum, but what I'm looking at right now is Right now, if I'm George and I'm Kirby Smart, I'm kicking myself for not starting JT Daniels because right. Florida should has no business playing against Alabama in the SEC championship game. This was a Tennessee team that played three different quarterbacks today. Three different quarterbacks. Who all would did they play? Garantano? No, they didn't play Garantano. They, they played Garantano. Brian Maurer. They played the freshman Harrison Bailey, and they played Shroud. How did Harrison Bailey play? I he know he's a freshman. Tennessee fans are high on him. Very efficient. He was 14 for 21, 111 yards, and one touchdown. A big-time game. I think that's his first-ever game, too. Yeah, that's his first – well, first full games. But first I think he got a few, steps, a few snaps the last game. But let's talk about Florida. They have no run game. If you shut At down all. the pass, you're, they're screwed. It's nearly impossible to shut down the pass. But let me, let me go ahead and tell you some stats, Brady. Jacob Copeland, a wide receiver – had their longest run of the game, which was 17 yards. Oh, Lord. And that was two yards away from the team high, which was 19 yards. Yeah, the you've got to be. As, if, you're gonna, if you're going to compete in the college football playoffs or even have a shot against Alabama in the SEC championship, you've got to be able to run the ball. Because teams, they're not going to be able to shut down Florida's pass game, but they're going to at least slow it down. And you just aren't going to be able to win big games like you that. you got to average more than 1.1 1. 1 yards yes, on the ground. Yes, you're going to have to. And next up, Brady, Notre Dame, Syracuse. Notre Dame started out shaky, but they pulled away with a 45-21 win. Are you starting to get more impressed with Notre Dame, or do you think this was just who they played? I, I'm not impressed with Notre Dame at all, and you'll see that in my top four rankings at the end of the episode. But I'm just I'm not high on this Notre Dame team. Sure, they had a, a good win over Clemson, but Clemson has been shaky this season. You can't really say that's a great win. It sure as Clemson is a top five team, top four team. But they're still not in – if it was in that win over maybe Ohio State or Alabama or even Florida, I just don't think a win over Clemson should give you an automatic spot in the playoffs. And I think that's what the committee is going to try to do at the end of the season is give Notre Dame an automatic bid, even if they do lose the ACC championship, which is definitely not right because, in my opinion, Florida is probably better than Notre Dame. Oh, I agree. I agree. And next up, we have the rookie coaches in the SEC 
battling it out. Was this an SEC type game? No, this sir. This is a Reed. Big 12 kind of game. 12. Missouri pulls it out 50 to 48. No at overtime either. This yes. is an all regulation game, correct? Yeah, that's under all regulation. And here's the craziest part Blaziak did not have a passing touchdown. And they scored 50 points. Larry Roundtree had 185 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. And then uh, Batty, another running back to have, had 79 yards and two touchdowns on the ground for five total touchdowns. What a game they had. But Blaziak did throw for 380. It was 32 for 49. Pretty efficient game. But on the other side, Arkansas had a coming out party for quarterback K.J. Jefferson. He's 6'3", 236, a nice prospect. He threw for 274 and three TDs. What a game. And also, they had a nice running back in Traylon Smith. He's a sophomore. He's only 5'9", a buck 88. But he, he, had a, he had a huge game, running 26 times for 172 yards and three scores. But which one of these young coaches are you higher on? I'm higher on Mizzou's coach, who is a coach, Drinkwich. Yeah, Drinkwich. Drinkwich, he's a great ball coach. We saw what he did at App State. He turned them into a powerhouse in a group of five. I think Missouri possibly might have the high, highest ceiling in the SEC right now. They have a freshman QB in Bazelak. He could be the next Drew Locke, in my opinion. He is playing great as a freshman in the SEC. against big. He had a good game against Alabama. How many freshman QBs can you say had a good game against Alabama? Not many. Not many. I think Mizzou is going to be up on the rise in the SEC in the next. When Bazelak is a junior, look for Missouri to be a top 15 team. Oh, I agree. And next up, let's discuss the bottom ball of the Big Ten. We've seen Penn State and Rutgers. And Penn State gets the 23-7 win. What a game. <laughs> what a game. What a game. Rutgers <laughs> talked a lot of smack on uh, Instagram this week. They went out blackout game against Penn State. And Penn State said, no sirree, we're going to go ahead and shut the blackout out. And uh, 23-7, that's a good win for Penn State. Their first win of the season. Second win. Now. Second, Second win of the season. Win. I they forgot they won. They beat Michigan. That's right. Michigan, boy, what a falling off Michigan has had this year. Next up, let's discuss OK State losing to TCU 29-22. This is just thoroughly embarrassing for the Big 12 at this point. When are they going to put out a team who's actually capable of winning? Never. I mean, it, it just makes no sense how the Big the Big 12 just beats up on each other. They never have a team who can actually win. I mean, we're looking at OK State. Sanders threw an interception. We're starting to see that every single week from him. Yeah, that's he, true. He never throws touchdowns. I mean, and then let's look at TCU. Duggan, he has a great game, but he also has an interception. But he makes up for it with three total TDs and two of them on the ground. But what a game. And I was with maybe potentially playoff implications, which I don't think so at the current moment. No, no playoff implications. Stage. But what should have been playoff implications with Texas and Oklahoma if they had had a good year. And speaking of Texas, what was it, 69-31? 69-31 over Kansas State. We were really high on Kansas State at the beginning of the season. They're now 4-6. and six. They were in first place not too long ago in the Big 12. They were 4-0, if I'm not mistaken. They're 0-6. It's a tough, tough last few uh, last month, really, for Kansas State. They just have not played well at all. Uh, we saw Ohio State come out and win 52-12 to against Michigan State. We need to talk about Ohio State as well. They didn't even have Ron Day this game. Yeah, and they, and uh, I read that they might not be able to make the playoff if Michigan can't come to town. But I also saw not too long ago that Big Ten of, uh, officials are trying to make it to where Ohio State can still play in, in the uh, Big Ten Championship to give them a shot in the playoffs. They want to change the rule that they put in place not long ago, so that just shows, yeah. 
Playoff committees want Ohio State in the playoffs. Well, that also shows the Big Ten is a circus of a conference. Yes. They have no leadership in that conference at all. I mean, we've seen that at the beginning of the year. We hate to hate on a conference, but the Big Ten, it doesn't seem like they know what they want to do. And I know we sound like big SEC fans. We both like SEC schools, but SEC has done the best job this year dealing with COVID. They haven't had that many cancellations. And if they have, they're rescheduled. They're rescheduled. Let's talk about um, Iowa. They played Illinois today. Illinois was up 14-0. Iowa ends up winning this game 35-21. They're the 19th-ranked team in the country. They're 5-2, and two, and the Fighting Illini dropped to 2-4. and four. Uh, Indiana, they had Wisconsin today. They beat Wisconsin 14-6 without Penix Jr. in a very low-scoring game. Indiana covered as well. They were actually underdogs, so this is technically an upset. Uh, QB, QB for Indiana was... Uh, Tuttle, Jack Tuttle, number 14. He had a great game. He's a sophomore. He's 6'4", 215 out of California. But uh, before this game, he only had 13 yards. This game, he was 13 for 22 for 130 yards, averaging 6 yards a pop. And uh, he had two touchdowns, no picks. That's a great game by their offensive line as well. Um, No rushing touchdowns at all. It was all through the air. And for Wisconsin, you know, Heartbreak Hotel as well. Their QB didn't have a good game at all. He was 20 for 34, 200 yards, no touchdowns and a pick. He got sacked three times, so really a tough game for their offensive line. And they just couldn't get anything going at all this game. Let's just talk about Indiana's defense. Indiana has played great this season on defense. It's just a dominant defense. Maybe, in my opinion, might be the best defense in the country considering who they're playing with. They don't have any five stars. No, they don't. They don't have many four stars. That just tells how good their coach is, though. And look and look how they're competing with everybody. That is very true. I mean, this is huge. But let's go ahead and continue with some other stuff today, Birdie. All right. Well, first things first, I think we got to talk about our playoff committee and their previous rankings that they've came out with. I personally think there's been some very controversial calls by the committee that I think could go another way. Like, how is Clemson ranked higher than an undefeated Ohio State team? The only close game that they have been in was against a top-tier team in Indiana, who is arguably a top-ten team in the country. And uh, Clemson lost to a Notre Dame team, who I don't think is dominant at all. People overrate Notre Dame. Sure, Clemson was shaken up, but Uwalonga Lele had 500 passing yards. I don't think they would have won with Trevor Lawrence anyway. So, and uh, one more thing I'd like to discuss with the playoffs is how long, how low they have ranked BYU this season. BYU just came off a loss, but before this, they were still underrated. BYU was not even in the top 10. They've looked like a great team this season. I think they should at least have been top 10 before this week. They even have a Heisman candidate QB. Why are they not in the top 10, Jay? Uh, honestly, Birdie, I think the reason why they're not in the top 10 is what we've seen today. The playoff committee has seen some things me and you didn't catch on to early. I know they didn't play anybody, but I was expecting Zach Wilson to be able to carry the flaws of this team mm-hmm. better than what he was able to do. I mean, honestly, I was thoroughly disappointed in the game today, but previously I was very high on BYU. I, I, I even said they had a better chance than Cincy. I'll admit I said that. but uh, And I still would agree with that if they would have beat the Chanticleers today, a tough Chanticleers team. But the committee seen something that we obviously didn't dive deep enough into. And uh, now I can't really hate on the committee for their decision, but before this week, I would have argued that the committee was putting them lower because they were a group of five team. So, one thing I want to ask you now, now that the Sharks Clears just came off of a huge win against BYU, your rankings before had BYU, Coastal, Cincy. 
How is your rankings now for a group of five? Coastal, Cincy, BYU. So basically what I've been saying all year, except that Cincy is not number one. I have been putting Cincy number one. I'm going to keep them at number one. I know Coastal just beat BYU, but I always had BYU as third anyway. So give me Cincy, Coastal, BYU. Who's number four? Because we just saw Marshall lost, and Boise State has fallen Louisiana. off. Louisiana? They, they are probably top four. They, beat App, they beat App State. Their yeah. first win versus App State in eight years. They were previously 0-8. So a great game for them. Uh, let's go ahead and look into some more recent news regarding South Carolina high school football. Man, this season has been a dandy of a season. We saw upset after upset and great performances after great performances. But one thing in particular I'd like to highlight is how great of a season Eastside quarterback Marshall Skoloff had this season. He blew up the charts this season. I think he's going to be a great QB at Stetson University, and I can't wait to see what he does at the college ball level. Jalen, who is your breakout player of the year? Do we really have to discuss that? You should know by now. It's the junior from Chapman High School, Walt Wah. Dale, what, what a wide receiver unit. he is. He's an absolute unit. Look for him to do big things next year and hopefully get him with some nice college offers. I think he's criminally underrated. No recruiting services have him as a top 10 receiver in the state of South Carolina. That's criminally underrated. Look what he's done with Chapman this year. He's unguardable. His size, his speed, his athleticism. He's just a matchup nightmare. I mean, he's 6'5", 6'6", with his cleats on. It's true. I mean, come on, and he's a multi-sport athlete. What more can you ask for? He's my breakout player of the year this year. And uh, we're also going to be releasing our our all-state team. We're going to be doing two players from each position on the football field. And wide receiver, I think we'll do four. Four uh, receivers, maybe even six. Maybe maybe six. six. So uh, look forward to that in the future. But my player of the year this year is Walt Waddell from Chapman High School. So that's your Mr. South Carolina football right yes, there. Yes, sir. Mine is Marshall Skoloff. Marshall had a, gr- Marshall he had a, had a great, great year, too. Year. He missed a few games this year, but he's a, he's an absolute unit at quarterback. There's no better quarterback in the state of South Carolina at the high school level. Are you surprised he didn't get any big school offers? <sighs> I want to say I'm surprised, but then again. I think I'm, his most important offer was, Val, was Valpo. I, honestly... I'm surprised he didn't because he's got that it factor, that wow that you want to see in a quarterback. But I think he's the type of quarterback who's a not a D1 quarterback, but he could still make the league mm-hmm. with some refront, with some refining of his game at the D2 level. So I think you could see him taking a path like Carson Wentz or Trey Lance. Maybe not that good, but he's just an absolute gamer. Reminds me a lot of Connor Shaw, absolute gamer, and I love the I love him a lot, but. I just think Walt Waddell is a little bit better. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and talk about our breakout teams of the year. This was a tough choice considering the amount of great teams we had this season, but I'd like to highlight T.L. Hanna. I know they didn't get the state win they wanted, but they played some great football this year and even had a huge win over Gaffney that nobody saw coming. T.L. Hanna is only going to get better. They have a sophomore QB. He's an absolute beast. Watch out for them to get to have a good year next season and only continue to get better. Yeah, my breakout team of the year was Gilbert. They absolutely came out and showed out, knocking off Dylan, who was a consensus 3A favorite in the mm-hmm. low country this year. Come out and they absolutely had a great season. I don't know that they'll be able to uh, do the same thing next year, but this year they're my breakout team of the year, and I, re- I, I just want to congratulate them on the season they put up. What a great team this year. An honorable mention would be the Chesney Eagles. Yes, they I- were undefeated for the longest time. 
had a tough game, and then they had to play Abbeville in the playoffs. And they played Abbeville decent. Decent, they did, they did. They are also a young team. I've said, I've said, you know this since the beginning of the season, that's my team to watch. You want to know a team who can have a Chapman-like breakout? It's Chesney. The only, and people say, what about Abbeville? Well, what do we say about Chapman? What about Dylan? A key player can tear up what-ifs. So look for Chesney to start rolling here here soon. Yes, sir. And to wrap up today's episode, let's go over our top four college ball rankings and why we chose our rankings the way we did. Let's hear yours first, Jay, your top four playoff rankings. Well, I'm going to start out at number four, and I'm going to work my way up because number one's obvious. Uh, I'm going to start at number four where I'm going to put, you're not going to like this, Birdie, the Notre Dame. You put Notre Dame at four. Notre Dame at four. At three, I'm putting Ohio State. And at two, putting Clemson. And Clemson at two. Alabama. That is very Clemson surprising. Is the, Clemson is the second best team in the country this year. You think they're better than Ohio State? They are better than – I'm not going to say they're better than Ohio State. We've seen more out of Clemson. We know what Clemson is. Plus, Clemson's got two QBs. That's true. And we've seen how crucial two QBs can be. Look what Alabama did to the Georgia Bulldogs a few years back with two QBs. That's very true. I think my top four is pretty solid. I'm going to work my way from four to one as well. You're not going to like this. I got Clemson at four. A loss to a, a good Notre Dame team, but not a great Notre Dame team. And then I'm going to put Notre Dame at three because they've had a few shaky games this season. Ohio State at two, considering they just absolutely destroyed Michigan State. And then, of course, I'm putting Bama and the MAC attack at number one. They're just – I think they're going to win the, the Natty this year. The only team I think that could compete with them is Ohio State. Maybe Clemson. Maybe. It would be – but it would be a decent game. But Notre Dame's not going to be able to compete with them. That's why Notre Dame's at three. The only reason they're ahead of Clemson is because they beat Clemson. After Clemson beats them in the ACC championship, I'll put Clemson ahead of Notre Dame. Well, here's my thing. Who you beat does not matter right now because Texas A&M beat Florida. Florida's a top. Is that mattering to you right Florida now? Florida is a I know, good but team. is that mattering to you right it now? It does matter because if they wouldn't have if they if they wouldn't have beat Florida, I would have Florida at 5 right now. Brady, you know I'm one to honor the uh the wins. But right now, what I'm looking at is I'm looking at total talent. Notre Dame has a good quarterback in the end book, but he's not great. He's benefited from playing in a weak ACC this year. He hasn't had to see USC this year. He hasn't had to see some of the other boys he'd have to see on a regular basis. He hadn't had to play year. Georgia this year. Hadn't had to play Michigan. Yeah, that, and, and right now, that's what I'm looking at, and I'm sitting here thinking, man, if he's playing his normal schedule, is Ian Book what Ian Book is right now? I don't think so. Next up, they have Kyron Williams at running back, who's an absolute stud. What a guy. He's a unit at the running back position. I like him a lot, but I just don't know that I like him more than I like the two quarterbacks at Clemson. Uwalangalele. Uwalangalele, I like more than Trevor. I would Trevor, have to agree with you on that one. Trevor is going to be a is going to be the number one pick this year. Uwalangalele is going to be an absolute stud in his future. He is huge and has all the talent in the world. The only thing preventing him from being a number one pick in his draft class is going to be right down the road at Alabama, who is going to be his rival again at the college level after their rivals at Matter Day and St. John Bosco and Bryce Young, who's an absolute stud too. We've seen his nice touchdown pass to Devonta Smith against Kentucky. He's got a lot of potential as well. 
But right now, DJ Owangalele is better than Trevor Lawrence. I'm sorry. I'm just going to go out and say it. He is better than Trevor. Hot take. Hot take alert on that I don't even know if that's a hot take at this point. I think it's a hot take. I've seen Trevor was talking about he might return. Buddy, you better go pro. Because don't return and get benched next year for DJ. Oh, no. He don't said return it. and get benched next year for DJ. And that's where we're going to wrap up this episode. As always, thank you for tuning in. Please continue to share and support our podcast. Again, thank you for listening to Birdie and the Cowboy Sports Team.